from the spaceship in the sky to the simulation in the mind. Let's all embark on another journey of Conversations on the Fringe. All right. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. That is just Vince. I don't even have a last name Hello. there. It's just Vince. Vince Tagliavia. This is the Red Pill Project's conversations on the fringe this is our friday night show where we uh we, we put aside the politics we put aside the global conspiracy and we talk about those other things that really do matter we talk about mind consciousness spirituality we talk about alternative histories and religion and mysticism the occult and esoteric and sometimes we talk about other fun stuff like energy aliens aliens technology UFOs and uh, various different discoveries. And tonight we're going to have one of those shows where we're going to talk about energy, technology, and discoveries. And this is kind of interesting because mm-hmm. last night I was on uh, Alpha Warriors show. Yeah, great we, show, by the way. Yeah, He's such a good guy. He is. He's awesome. We had a great time. He was just like, this is awesome. I'm like, I know. This is yeah. <laughs> and, and this is going to, these two shows coincide. There's going to be a lot of that discussion in here because. A, a lot of that is pertinent to kind of what we're talking about, but okay. Well, I, I'll try not to be useless. I I do have an engineering background and math, and I've been doing a lot of reading today, so I hope to contribute a little bit. Well, and uh, I, I I'm I'm interviewing you, so oh okay, let's go. Yeah, so I love it. Our guest tonight is a free energy <laughs> expert. His name is Vince Tagliavia. <laughs> he spent a whole twenty four hours you. researching this topic. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you. I'm. I think uh, I'm gonna get stuck in this topic for a while, mm-hmm. and actually do some physical experimentation and uh, and, and reading. I have a lot of reading, so uh, at the end of this, I'll post all of my resources on the social red pill for everybody to pick up and go through. Well, you know, maybe this is where we talk about because th- this topic of free energy and, and free energy, yeah. I don't want people, we're, we're not talking about solar and wind and shit. Um, this topic of free energy correlates directly to the topic of healing. And I think that, that a lot of this has to do with the understanding coming from Nikola Tesla that everything is frequency, energy, and vibration. And that when, mm-hmm. we, when you truly mm-hmm. begin to understand what that means... And here's the thing is I think that there's a lot of engineers and physicists and and people who are within those professions who don't understand truly what that means that I've talked about this quite a few times on this show is that when we discuss energy, right, is if we go to the scientific definition of energy, Mm. it, 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 it starts to break down. It doesn't really make sense. Um, energy yeah. is basically motion in physics. It's it's wow. the ability to do work in Newtonian physics. But we talk about energy in the quantum field as if it is something, that it is a, a quantification of, of something. And we typically attribute that quantification to a photon or to an electron, which are basically the same thing, despite, yes. despite various spin ratios. But when we yeah, start dude. talking about this quantification of energy... What is yeah. it really? And maybe that's a good place to start. What are your thoughts? I love it. <clears throat> and in my brief reading, scratching the surface of this topic, that is just probably my favorite rabbit hole I've discovered recently, thanks to the Red Pill Project and you, Josh. I was reading about um, 
Victor Schauberger, mm-hmm. who you've been talking about recently here and there. And he wrote about the definition of energy. And he basically said that it's highly debated. And actually, I pulled a quote. He says, it's kind of long. It's a couple quotes from uh, the second chapter of a book called Living Energies, Mm -hmm. which was translated by Callum Coates, which is an interesting organization. And he says this, quote, an immaterial form... As immaterial forms of energy emanate, emanating from other placeness, the physical void, which Victor Schauberger claims operate according to the law of anti-conservation of energy, they are therefore conveniently ignored. This is because they do not conform to, nor are calculable by the famous hessenoral einstein equation. He goes on and says, we must conclude, I think, that there is no room for telepathy in the materialistic universe telepathy is something which ought not to happen at all if the materialist theory were true but it does happen so there must be something seriously wrong with the materialist theory however numerous and imposing the normal facts which support it may be which basically he's saying people debate what energy is everybody defines it differently and he's basically said too if anybody tells you they know exactly what it is they're probably full of it because nobody really knows. And let's look at what's in front of us. We can't explain this stuff. This is beyond our grasp. This is the ether. This is magic. What do you think? Well, yeah. You know, here's an interesting thing is, you know, photon and electrons are two different things. Let me correct Mm -hmm. myself on that. Photon is a type of elementary particle that acts as a carrier of energy. But the Mm -hmm. electron is a subatomic particle, which occurs in all atoms. And so an electron, um, obviously, electron is a subatomic particle that carries a negative charge. In negative charge? What is mm-hmm. charged? What What is a charge, right? Electrons are bound yeah. by the atomic nucleus and called subshells. There are free electrons too. Um, and there's a massive difference. So electrons give off photons of energy, right? So photons would basically be looked at as the, the basal quantification of particleization. But... What I'm trying to stress here is if I go in here and I do, uh, you know, physics, and I'm I'm not going to share my screen yet, physics definition of energy. And I've done this before on the show, right? Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see this. I didn't look this up. I hope they don't say energy is energy. Are they going to say energy is energy? Well, so (laughs) what is energy? This comes from thermal-engineering.org. The term energy is a very, very broad, and it has many definitions. Technically, technically, energy is a scalar physical quantity. And so it's not a thing. It's a scalar quantity. Scalar meaning that it only has um, one quantification, right? Um, that is associated with the state of one or more objects. Energy is generally defined as a potential to do work or produce heat. Mm. Sometimes it's like the currency for performing work. You must have energy to accomplish it. One of the most wonderful properties of the universe is that energy can be transformed from one type to another, transferred. Okay, so now think about this. It's saying that energy is the potential to do work, to produce motion or heat, right? It's a scalar quantity. But then go back to what this one was talking about in quantum physics, that a photon is an elementary particle which acts as a carrier of energy. Yeah. So what is, so a photon is carrying what? Some 
potential to influence the environment. A, a potential to influence the environment. How is it carrying that potential? Do you see how when you start to break this down, you begin to lose track of the logic? As in, we understand that energy, the law of conservation of energy and thermodynamics, energy can be neither created nor destroyed. It can only be transferred from one medium a high to a low. Okay, understandable. Energy yep. is a point of quantification of something, of, a, of something that has shape, form, whether it's at the Planck scale, 10 to the negative 35 meters, or on up. Okay. And we know that nothing rests, that everything is in continuous vibration, which means that everything contains the, the eminence of energy, right? Yeah. And that energy is being shared and exchanged multiple times over on all different scales of existence. Okay? But when we talk about energy, we talk about what is the prime mover. All right? The prime mover. What mm. is producing the vibration? On the a resonance. Subatomic scale. On any scale. Anything, huh? Right on any scale. Well, I mean, if What's we think about it, is it's it goes back to that old hermetic principle of as above, so below. In order for energy to be exhausted by me putting my hand out and pulling it back, that energy first has to be existent on that mm. subquantum scale. That on that subquantum scale, what's actually happening there, right? So subquantum, you have quantum, subatomic, and then subquantum. Subquantum would be Planck's length type of stuff, 10 to the negative 35 meters, right? This is infinitesimal small. This is the, the smallest pixels that we know of in the universe. Timing in that sequence is very, very fast. Energy is very, very high. But when this is happening, right, there's a transition at that scale that's occurring. There's quantum fluctuations that are occurring at that scale. On the quantum scale, there's interactions occurring. And all that energy is being exchanged at all those levels and points. We can't say... You mean say, like liver, literally when you go like this and grab something? Th that's right. Understand. Think, yeah, think okay, about it. Okay. Anytime that you're expending energy, you're okay. not just doing it on that one live level of existence. When you expend energy in any way, shape, or form, that energy is being expended at all levels. Mm -hmm. Right? Cosmologically, subquantumly, all throughout. There's no way it can't. And so we ask ourselves is what is that prime mover? Where did this motion, this energy come from in, inherent in the universe? Now, Einstein basically said, right, equals mc squared. Do you remember this formula? Yeah. E equals mc, right, mc squared. Uh -huh. Now, what's the actual formula? Do you know? Or I what is the formula it, saying? How about that? Let me ask you that one. I think I might have it wrong. I think it's energy equals mass times the speed of light squared or something. I don't know. Well, it's, that's kind know. of the, the very, very basic form of, yeah. of this. But the actual formula is a little bit more complex than that. But mm -hmm. equals mc squared is basically saying that energy um, is basically a theory of special relativity that expresses that the fact that mass and energy are the same physical entity and can be changed into each other. Now think about Fascinating. that. Fascinating, yeah. We have one side of physics saying that energy is a scalar quantity. Yeah. Then we have special relativity that says that mass and energy are interexchangeable, that they're the same physical entity. So mm -hmm. this means that matter 
is a scalar, scalar quantity. But it can be a vector quality because it has direction. And this makes me think of, um, like, I guess, um, can you transmute different things into other, or different uh, elements into other elements then using this tech, this uh, theory? Well, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess you could. But what I'm trying to get to is that uh-huh. what happened to D-Live? It's up for me. Oh, uh, I saw patriotic Pisces say "fucking D live." Um, popular sentiment. <laughs> what I'm trying to show here is that even in our science, we don't know the definition of what really matter or what energy and matter really are. We have theoretical sure. models dependent upon what we believe them to be. And I explained this the other night. I think I did it on one of the zooms. Is that science today is going through what I call in inversion protocol, right? Everything with materialism, with the occult, and with Satanism and the evil, they do something known as inversion. They invert your, the meaning of your symbols, they invert the meaning of the knowledge, the teachings, yes. and this is no different than what's happening right now in science and academia. Now, what I want you to yes, do is dude. take this basic structure of an atom, okay? Oh, dude, yeah, once, uh, before you move on from this subject yeah. of this, uh, what you're talking about now. I've got something to add in the end. Oh, go ahead. No, you can t- jump jump right in right now. Okay. Okay. Don't lose your spot. Just, you know, put a pin oh, in I it. Won't. That's, that's why I introduced it that way. But uh, in researching this uh, Victor Schauberger, Schauberger, thank you. He's German. Um, this symbology came up, and this is from interestingly enough on page 17 of part one called implosion by victor schauberger Mm -hmm. and the path of natural energy um shout out to rm for showing me this while sharing some of my notes with her and she's like oh my gosh look at this i'll send you the pdf well here it says that he talks about diamagnetic energy Mm -hmm. and one of the symbols that comes up is the swastika and he says Diamagnetism is an emanation or stream of the universal ether, the fifth of the known basic elements and the four being fire, earth, air, and water. And their symbol, again, is the swastika or hooked cross. And there's they show all the variations from Native Americans to other ancient symbols of mm-hmm. a swastika-type look. And basically, it's like a whirlpool shape. They're it's all variations. Yeah. yeah, it's a vortex. And I'm like, holy mackerel. So... And then they even go into, oh, well, they show the examples of the hooked crosses from the Rosicrucian manual. Yeah. So I was just like, dude, my mind's getting blown by well, this. Well, and stuff, we'll, so. we'll talk about Victor in a minute because there's way more to what's happening there than All of just it. what we're talking about. But Victor was a what force. What did they tell us? Like, yeah, he was. I read about him. And what did they tell us about the swastika, though? It's evil. Don't touch it. Don't look at it. Don't draw inversion. it. Right. They inverted it. That's right. It's my inversion. God. So. Yeah. Let's start here at the atom, and then we're going to work into Victor. Let's go. Th- this is an atom, if okay. you want to kind of imagine this. And this is nowhere near conceptual drawing. But in the center, you're going to have a proton um, and mm. sometimes a neutron if you have, like, a, a H3 atom or H2 atom, right? But basically, you have a proton or a proton and a neutron or a series of protons and neutrons. And around that, yes. we have an electron. Now, it used to be, if you remember the Bohr model of, an, of, of this, right, the proton or the nucleus would be really really small 
and then the electron would be whizzing around it at millions of miles an hour, right? Yeah, really far away. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. that, that's not what happens. The guy who actually discovered the electron is a guy by the name of J.J. Thompson. And he said that this is not a particle as what many materialists would tell you it is, but instead a field. An electric so energy. field. Right, it's an electric field. Now, remember we were just saying this. Materialism comes in and they invert things. So what I want you to do is what do you notice about the, the nucleus? It's all bubbly. That's right. It's expansive, right? Mm. Right? And then we have the electron field, which they're showing as particles whizzing around. Invert all of that. Imagine that the electron is an actual field, right? The sure. electron is an actual field. Like a magnetic field or something. Correct. Like a magnetic field that surrounds the atom. Okay? That's kind of what they're saying now in, in the materialistic viewpoint of physics. Now, invert it. I have a hard time conceptualizing that. Okay. Try this. An atom is 99.99999% what? Space is what they say. Empty space. Invert that. Oh, atoms are 99.999 continuing percent solid. Well, they're not solid, but they're what? a field. Is that if, in well, actuality, they're not empty space. Here's my logic, though. You said invert that they're mostly right. space, and that would be that they're mostly solid. Well, so, yeah. we want to think matter, right? But matter is an illusion. Matter is simply vibrations of energy mm. or oscillations of energy. So we don't really know the true fabric of what is vibrating, and that's the key. When you invert right. the model of the atom, mm -hmm. what you get is instead, you move away from the materialistic point of view and what you get is an oscillation of a field around a vortex like what if there's nothing there except energy like there's no matter there at all there, there and you it's go. just now you're force. starting to see it okay boom and that's Aha. that's where we get into what's the prime mover what is the producer of that energy Okay. That's the thing. So now we kind of laid this groundwork and we can talk about optimization theory and all that and how all that happens later if we want to. But let's go to Victor Schomburger because he was around the same time as Nikola Tesla. He was a, mm -hmm. forest, a forester in Germany, various parts, Bavaria, the forest out there. Um, he observed nature and water specifically and how water moved. He had multiple different patents. But did you know that in the 1930s, Victor Schomburger was kidnapped by the Nazis and forced to work on various projects? So, I didn't know he was forced by the Nazis, but I know what happened at the end of his life with the, the states, which maybe they're Nazis, but... Go ahead. What, what happened? Well, I was reading that he moved to the U.S. at the end of his life. Mm -hmm. and Texas, um, right? Texas, 1958. And he was in his 70s. He was 72 or 73. And he declined... He thought he was getting this job, but ended up being military, and he was in World War II, so mm -hmm. he had some military experience, and he declined it. And he was only able to return back home if he signed this contract in English, which he wasn't that familiar with. That contract took ownership of all of his works and designs and gave it to the U.S. Consortium. Consortium, or Concertium. 
consortium. Consortium. Thank you. Yeah. It gave it to the U.S. consortium, and then they sent it back, and he died that year. Of course he did. Isn't that wild? Uh, so, so, so the Germans picked him up prior to that, then, huh? Like in his fifties. So right? when when the Nazi regime was first in its development, he was he was kidnapped by the Nazis and forced to basically hand over his technology. So you ever heard of the Nazi oh. Bell? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. So the Nazi Bell was apparently Victor Schomburger. Yes. Because yes. the flow of the mercury flowed just like water in electromagnetic fields. And so when you start to conceptualize this, and I want everybody to kind of picture this in their mind, is when water flows, it produces electrical current. Okay? Yes. So yes. when water flows naturally around rocks and so forth, it picks up mineralization, but it produces electric flow, electric current. We can measure this. Now, Vince, I'm going to take this to the next level. Mm-hmm. When air flows, does it produce electric current? I'm going to go on a wild guess and say yes. That's right. We have a, a, a static electric field all around us. And when air moves, okay. that field moves with it. This is why we yeah. have hot air and cold air. And this is why we have high pressure and low pressure systems that produce storms. And then you sure. have <laughs> lightning, right? Yes, dude. Okay. Yes. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. What is the primary component in blood? Water water so when your blood moves mm-hmm. does it produce an electrical charge yeah yeah does it carry that electrical charge in the cells it must yeah. so what the hell is electricity energy it's a form of energy it's a it's a scalar quantity of energy that is yeah. measurable that is transferred and it's one of the easiest methodologies of transfers. And so what I'm finding in my research with all this kind of stuff is that you yeah. have various different um, mechanisms in the universe, right? Sure. And these mechanisms all have a various different um, um, connectedness in the sense of how they operate with energy. Some of Which them are, are like... Go ahead. Are you referring to just the way internet, the way nature interacts with itself, the different physical properties of nature type of thing okay some things are dissonant some things are resonant and everything is on a scale sometimes you're gonna have super resonant sometimes you're gonna have super dissonant okay dissonance is basically out of harmony two things do not the square peg does not go in the circle hole dissonant okay resonant the circle peg goes in the circle hole yeah super resonant like like they just love each other. They fit together perfectly. Harmoniously. So harmoniously. There you go. That's a good word too. So I think that various different things in the universe are at these different patterns. Okay? Within their composition and their structure. And the reason I think that this mm. is, is I I have this theory. And I think that yeah. everything in the universe is moving not to um zero state or basically the entropic theory but instead everything's moving to a state of some zero or neutralization based upon two coinciding frequencies that are interacting that produce our universe or resonance right it's moving to a state of resonance i would agree with that theory because if you look at uh, like an untainted natural environment it's so harmonious until you go in there and destroy that that's right but now, yeah. so what are the dissonant things 
that are in that environment. Oh. Think about, remember when we talked about the radio station? And we were talking about frequencies last night or any discussion that we ever talked about this. And I talk about how the earth is resonating, let's say, at 103.5. Schumann resonance. Yeah, Yeah, we're just going to say 103.5 megahertz. We're going to say all the species and beings and and matter cohesive to the earth is in a bell curve towards that 103.5 frequency. Right? They have this standard deviation of average towards that 103.5 frequency. When you move away and downward with less energy, you get more dissonance. Yes. When you move away this way, you get more dissonance. But in points of both of those, you're going to have harmonic variants or octaves that are going to be hit. So you can have super resonance because of a higher octave. You can have a lower resonance because of a lower octave. Okay? Yeah, it reminds me of the whole Fibonacci sequence type deal Does right, that... or, or the golden mean or, or kind of how yeah. things relate to each other so i think that in this universe is that we have things that are resonant with various different other things various components of the universe and we have things that are dissonant or in various states of these so therefore like when we have water mm-hmm. water is in a highly resonant state on this planet with the whatever the prime mover is of how it trans transitions through or we can just say that there's an ether, there's a field that exists around all of us, you, me, and everybody, and it exists and permeates the entire universe. And that water just happens to be incredibly conducive and resonant with that field. Okay. And that the type of energy that's most viable to flow within that field is electricity. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm following. All right, so if that's the case, then everything that we know of today about energy production, energy technologies, free energy, zero-point technologies, all that stuff is wrong. It's all wrong. It's all bullshit. And this is probably why a lot of these people who have spent a lifetime researching, I just listened to uh, um, Tom Vallone and a whole bunch of other people all day long, and you know what I find out? Is that they have some very cool ideas, but they have nothing of substantiation that works. Interesting, man. Hmm. But let me ask you this. Yeah. If you know that the universe has a fundamental process, okay, that everything has to be in resonance and moving to a state of optimization, okay? And when something is out of harmony... The universe does what? It moves towards it. Anyway. Compensates it, right? Mm. What is that compensation? What What is the flow between that thing and the compensation? It's called energy. So to pull energy out of the said ether, right, you have to devise a system that is continuously moving out of harmony or out of resonance, a dissonant system Interesting. that interacts and has a collection, something that has a substantial dissonance to where it has to be reflected upon immediately. Fascinating. I'm going to step away for just a moment here. I'll be back in just one minute. Uh-oh. Is Vince okay? Apologize. I'm okay. Thank you. All right. Dun, 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 dun. It's just me and you here, people. All right. So kind of what I'm, I'm explaining here is um, 
I don't conform to the modern scientific theory. I've been to college. I've learned their theories. And although we can make it make sense, there's just so many things that don't make sense. I, I tend to compare modern science, modern scientific theory in the sense of physics and quantum physics with looking at an invisible skyscraper, seeing the wind move around it, seeing the rain all come around it and fall off the sides, seeing various reflections that occasionally appear and finding a screw, finding the resemblance of a screw. And you look at that screw and you go, this is what must be producing all this phenomena. And what you do is you try to determine mathematically, theoretically, how that one screw is producing all those phenomena. And that is our current modern version of quantum physics, in my opinion. And they're completely negating the skyscraper because they don't, because they can't see it, they can't detect it, they don't know it's there. And so with that being said, is that when we start looking at free energy, free energy technologies, exotic technologies, when we try to start to understand people like Nikola Tesla, um, Adley Scanlon, Victor Schomburger, uh, Royal Rife, uh, T. Townsend Brown, all these pioneers of, of this free energy stuff, we have to stop looking at them in the current scientific theory. And this is my biggest thing that I've had. Uh, you were just talking about um, um, Childress, right? Hatchers Childress? Not familiar with him, but yes. Right. You so just he, mentioned him. Yeah. He, he did an autobiography of Nikola Tesla. There is, there's other people, David oh, okay. Hatcher's Childers. There's other people out there who have done this. I've seen people try to break down his work. And you know what you find out? Oh, I just got his PDF. Yeah, yeah. What do you find out? Is that they're all trying to utilize the current model and understanding of science to understand what Nikola Tesla was trying to say. The problem with that yeah. is that Nikola Tesla wasn't explaining things in the modern scientific theory. He was explaining it mm. based upon the foundations of his own theory. Yeah. You know what's interesting too? Mm -hmm. I try to wrap my head around Tesla's things and it's so far away from what I could grasp easily. I need to spend a little more time on it mm -hmm. and learning the fundamentals of electricity because it's just so, I mean, you have the background, but I don't. So it's so, um, I'm more mechanical, but electricity is very, what's the word I'm looking for to where it's like, you, you know, you can't grab it. You can't really, it's not tangible. It's so abstract. It's hard mm. for me to, to really word. grasp onto. But I look at like a uh, Parker Edmondson who looked at, he's that Dr. Parkenstein guy who looked at Tesla's right. notes and extrapolated all the information and built a magnifying transmitter in his backyard. Yeah. And he he sent energy through the earth all the way from Dallas to Chicago, 918 miles away. Did he really? That's that's fantastic. Yes, Is he still on TikTok? He's on YouTube now. I have that video. I can send it to you. Yes, yeah, and it to you. let's play it. Let's play it right now. Okay. He explains it. It's so fucking cool, dude. And this stuff blows my mind. And it's really inspiring and fascinating. There's that YouTube link. Let, let's check this out. <clears throat> I like this guy. It's three minutes long. Let, let's check this video out. Throwback to when I transmitted my electricity from my magnifying transmitter near Dallas, Texas to Chicago, Illinois. 
um, which is a little over 918 miles. The reason I am reposting this video is because a lot of people in the comment section on my videos about the magnifying transmitter say that it isn't possible to transmit electricity wirelessly on an industrial scale. But this is not the case. Um, most people think this works like radio, where you have a radio transmitter and a receiver. Um, well, this is similar to radio, but it's not exactly the same. The only similarities being that um, you have resonance in the circuit and you have an LC circuit, a tank circuit. So the magnifying transmitter works by creating standing waves in the earth, kind of like lightning, but man-made and tuned. If you have ever heard of standing waves in a string, then you'll know what this means. Thank you at St. Nicholas for building a receiver coil tuned to my magnifying transmitter and receiving my electricity. He built the Tesla magnifying transmitter. The Tesla, the original Tesla magnifying transmitter, right, it's transmitting through the earth, right? So you look at, if you pull up a picture of, a, of, of whatever, if the, the Tesla magnifying transmitter. Like down um, through the ground of the earth. Through the earth, middle of the earth, yes. Uh -huh. um, so okay. um, like basically the antenna looks like it should be transmitting electricity. That's what it's traditionally thought of in radio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Tesla's system is not transmitting. It's capturing the energy and sending it back down into the earth. Cause it's you have to ground it six feet into the earth. Right. And um, that's what I was doing on my, on my end. Right. So Parker had his, he had, a, um, he was generating, we're generating a lightning strike is what he was doing. And um, basically, yeah, if I'm tuned to the same frequency, so he's at 168 kilohertz on his end, just like radio, on my end, I'm also tuned to 168 kilohertz. You know, we connected my Tesla coil to the ground through the earth, and yeah, I was getting LED light signals. Wow. Yep, there's the flicker. See that flicker? Yep, there he goes. See it? I'm not doing anything. That's Parker's transmission. Transmitting electricity wirelessly over 50 feet. Here we have a closely tuned receiving coil not perfectly in tune with the Tesla coil, but close. And the bottom of it is grounded. And then this coil is inductively coupled, but does not connect directly to the antenna coil. And it go this coil goes to this LED light bulb. And now I'm going to transmit electricity. Here we go. poor kid you know besides his voice that's goofy as fuck and the fact yeah. that he has horrible taste in music <laughs> and i feel bad for his parents how cool is that but yeah they did it and what they're doing for people who don't realize and this is one of when we talked about warden cliff tower this is what we were talking about before is yeah. that the top of the tower which looks at like it's transmitting is actually capturing the energy from the ionosphere or the Schumann resonance, right? This is right. why they tuned that 8 to 13 uh, hertz range that he was talking about. If you saw it on the screen, he put it up there. 
that your original antenna has been tuned to 8 to 13 hertz. And this is why you bury it six feet in the ground, because it's picking up this ambient electricity that's all around you. The Tesla mag uh, magnifier picks it up, sends it down. And this is where you send it in a stand. Basically, what you do is you have two resonant antennas on different points yeah. of the planet. And you produce a standing wave between them. Yeah. You've talked about this. And he mentioned it. And I was like, hey, I know a little bit about what he's talking about. It's like the waves that cancel each other. That's right. Now, think about this. Think about all the various different ancient temples on the planet. We talked about many of them being on the, I think it's the 33rd parallel. Yeah, right. Why? Because there's a level of alignment. Now, here's yeah. the thing is take this in the context. Do you know what ley lines are? Yeah, it's the energy grid around the planet. That's right. Like basically there's certain strength points within the Earth's electromagnetic field that surrounds the Earth. And we can measure these on the planet. And there's various different points <clears throat> where these kind of intersecting vortices come together and they produce these these strong points on the planet. Like you have the organ vortex, which they believe is part of this. That the what reason the organ vortex, you never heard of the organ vortex? I don't think I have. It's where things moves up uh, upside down and things are all oh, uphill and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've heard about those. gravitational anomalies. Um, yeah. But basically what you get here is these ley lines are basically coordinated with these electromagnetic interactions, right? And they produce yeah. points of strength on the planet. Now think about this. If you're talking Nikola Tesla technology, we're also doing is they're just taking energy out of the ambient ionosphere, producing a standing mm -hmm. wave between two resonant points on the planet. Yeah. Imagine if you use the ley lines oh, wow. as lines of connectivity. You would increase the potential there. Yeah. Not only increase the potential, but now, but now you wouldn't be dependent upon the, the bouncing off of the earth core or any of this stuff. Now you can send it directly. Not only that is you have the ability to harness massive more amounts of energy by utilizing these various ley line points because I look at them as kind of like points of capacitance on the planet. Mm -hmm. Typically in these places, that's where you have the highest and the largest occurrences of thunderstorms sure. on the planet, the, the largest storms yeah. on the planet, the, the massive outbursts of energy. You have uh, all types of these types of weather phenomena. The thing is, you don't have to be on those lines necessarily to tap into them. Nope, you don't. In, in theory, you're just... Okay. And so ley lines, for anybody who doesn't know, <clears throat> there's there's many different maps out there. There's straight alignments drawn between various historic structures and prominent landmarks. Uh, the idea was developed in the early 20th century in Europe. Actually, that's not true. This is That's from Wikipedia. They've been around for a very, very long time. And to kind of give you an idea in the sense of a picture Ancients. is think about the Earth's electromagnetic field. Now, the Earth's electromagnetic okay. field has bands of energy, right? Um, Earth's electromagnetic field. And they only call it a, a magnetic field, don't they? It's a magnetic field. Well, they guess do. what? You yeah. can't have... And a magnetic field without an electro field, an electric field. This was a computer simulation of the Earth's electromagnetic field. All right. Now, it, it's interesting because if you take this in the context 
and you look at the lines of force and magnets have lines of force and you look at the intermingling of lines and force and how some of these move over each other. If that's one mm -hmm. is South Pole and one's North Pole, what's going to happen is right. you're going to have points on this where you're going to have dead zones, where there is a cancellation in that force. Then you're going to have where two lines of force wrap over each other. So you're going to have a massive uh, amplification of force, especially if they're the same resonant vibration. This is what's creating your, your, your ley lines. Fascinating. Right? And this is your ley lines are kind of like these points to where these things cross over. And it could even be where the points of the Earth's electromag uh, electromagnetic field is emanating out of and wrapping around and where these points actually come back into the planet. Um, but you have like this, this parallel right here. Well, this is the, uh, yeah, it'd be this 33rd parallel right here where all that stuff is actually happening. Tons of different monuments are actually found. Yeah. So, I think with that type of technology that he's doing is if you use the ley lines in coordination with that, you would have a massive amplification. Well, yeah, I was reading that all the way back to the Vedic civilization 7,000 years ago, they knew about this and they would build temples there mm -hmm. and they would actually use these monuments, obelisks, temples, these kinds of things to manipulate the energy. I, I don't doubt it for one bit because that's kind of where I was getting to when we were talking about energy. What is energy? Well, this is like that Bob Beck experiment with the hair and just going like this, right? You're producing. Oh, that's fascinating. Can you explain that again? Yeah, you, I didn't even ever hear about this. You're, Please. You're, you're taking a pen, plastic, in your hair. You're getting electrons. It's like putting a balloon on your hair, right? You're getting electrons, okay? And then what you're doing is you're just going one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. So that's about six, seven hertz right there, right? And then you can go faster. And that's a higher frequency. And you have a stat you have an ambient static field. Now static means that think about it as a potential electric energy. Okay? It's just ionized charge sitting all around you. Ionized yeah. air if you want to look at it like that. Just free electrons everywhere, not moving in current. Okay? When I start going like this, those things are electric or they're dipoles. Well, they're not, they're monopolar, polar, right? So when I take an electric charge. Those things are going boom, 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 like this. So you start yeah, pulsing like the static field around you. This is what Nikola Tesla was doing with the majority of his things is that he was manipulating the static field around us. But this is what I was trying to say is that he, people were trying to try, try to decipher Nikola Tesla through modern science, but not understanding his theoretical models. And this is where we get into this, that everything, that exists in this universe is nothing but a different translation of energy. So, what is energy really? Beats me. Well, think Aside about it as dust. what is frequency? Let me let me ask you that. What is frequency? Wow, it's a hard one, man. No, it's not. Um, uh, it's hard to put it. Yeah, Google. Frequency. frequency, the number of occurrences of a repeating event per unit time. Okay. Okay. So something moving per unit time, something moving per unit time. Okay. That's what a yes. frequency is. Okay. When two things yeah. move at the same unit of time together and they become syncopated, you have a harmony, you have a resonance. 
And so if I'm moving this one and all of a sudden another pen all of a sudden starts getting affected by it and has a little oscillation because of the movement of this one, that's an exchange of energy in the ambience, right? Okay. Okay. So let's take this a step further and extrapolate. And we're going to, we can talk about this all night in the sense, this part, but energy derives or all things that are energy have frequency. Did you say that? Does that make sense? Yeah. All things that contain energy have a frequency because if they have energy, that means that they're in motion, right? That they have some quantification of movement, right? An expenditure. That means that expenditure is in a certain rate. That rate is a frequency. That's how it's measured. What are things that you do in your everyday daily life? Mm -hmm. Oh, just, okay. Is there a frequency the breathing? There is. Hmm. Interesting. Did the ancient monks on this planet used to use breathing techniques to raise electrical energy up their spinal cord to hit their pineal gland? I've heard. Yeah. What are you breathing in? Air. What's in the air that we just talked about? Electricity. Energy. So if you have a static field around you, then you start breathing in and out. Is something going out of your nose? Is it polarized Mm -hmm. in one degree or another? Sure. So does that mean that there's an electrostatic field around you that's also pulsating and resonating with your breath when you're in a controlled breathing state? Are you breathing in? So that means that you have static electricity that is now in movement. So you have electricity that's in movement into your lungs that then gets put into your blood system of where the blood flow, the blood pressure, the blood flow, your heart rate all mimic your breathing. Yeah. Which means that you produce a a frequency, a residence within your own body that has an electrical potential that moves up and down your body and can produce various different states of consciousness. Pretty fucking amazing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, that's cool. But you see what happens when you change your perspective just a little bit. You stop looking at it from a materialistic science physics point of view, and you start looking at it more from this logical point of view. That everything out there has a resonant frequency. Everything out there has a frequency to it. And some of those frequencies, the oscillation, the resonance of whatever that is, the the movement, the rate over time of change of whatever that is, is sometimes in dissonance to the universe around it. And sometimes it's in super harmony. For example, metals. Metals have an overabundance of electrons. This is why they make good conductors. So is that in dissonance with the universe or is that in like super harmony? Uh, I don't know. I would say that it's in super harmony because it has an okay. over excess of energy or it could be in dissonance and that's why there's yeah. more energy put into that system. Yeah, I could see it as either. I'm not sure. But it moves energy very well. Yeah, it's just, I think, a dense, it's just a dense matter. It's a right. dense conduit for energy, I guess. Right. But then we have like, let's say, a, a resistor, something that's uh, an impedance. I look at that as more dissonant to reality. Those types of substances are always most likely black, rubber, these types of things. And they're usually dissonant to any type of electrical flow. 
But everything that we know of as organic is conducive to electrical flow. And the reason I'm bringing this up because we're trying to understand energy. What, what is energy? Yeah. So if we know that level of what energy is, and we start to understand this, then let's try to figure out what Nikola Tesla was actually trying to tell people. Tell me some of the things that you learned today. Oh, okay. Don't mind if I do. Um, I've talked way too much. Well, with um, kind of along the lines of what you're talking about now, and this all sort of aligns with Victor's studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was looking into paramagnetic solutions, if you will. And apparently this goes into kind of like what I was saying and what you were saying with the, with the ley lines and the energy around the world and how it could be utilized. Um, basically we have these magnetic forces and some of them are harmful. Some of them are beneficial and you can harness that and you could use it. Um, examples, temples and these kinds of things, like we said, um, you know, all the way from a long time ago until today, we have this stuff. And people actually use this technology today in mm-hmm. their farms and in their gardens to grow their plants without using fertilizers or using less fertilizers and less um, uh, fertilizers. And what else do people use? I don't know, whatever. But it increases their yields and this kind of thing. And what they do is they build these devices that control the frequencies around their plants basically like little totems totems yeah and they increase their yields 20 30 percent four times in some cases and you could build these things they're grounded into the earth and they stick out and you test your soil and do all this stuff and there's actually a science behind it and you could have better crops and imagine what this does to the human bodies too Mm. uh you know and um it's it's called paramagnetic energy and there are paramagnetic rock towers found around really fertile land where people also are super healthy and there's no doctors in like these old, old towns and stuff where it's like, they're just really in harmony with the earth's Schumann resonance. Hmm. Interesting. And it affects all life and it affects all matter in that area. I thought that was fascinating. And I found, uh, people using the just paramagnetic structures, metal structures or stone structures that have this this uh, property. And I also found somebody, I was looking for the link. I don't see it here. Maybe this is it. But basically it was this use of beeswax. Yeah, this is it, I think. Here's, I'll, I'll, I'll send all this stuff to the social red pill after this. Yeah. But basically this guy, it's called Electroculture Systems Antennas and Measurement Devices. And apparently it's some kind of company where they have this magnetic beeswax antenna and they say, um, basically it does the same thing, but they found that there's this magnetic beeswax and beeswax antenna compass capacitor. And it's just a little block with like an, a little like pen sized antenna sticking out with a bulb on top, like a ball on top. Yeah. And it's covered in beeswax. And it was, it was designed in 2009, and they experimented with this thing. And they say, like, um, they installed it in a field with cabbages, and uh, it increased yield and made them grow, like, three times as large. 
without any chemical fertilizer or pesticides. So uh -huh. people do this and it's just fascinating. It's just really blew my mind. I'm like, I want to try some of these things. And there's other designs as well that you could do for like plants where you can, have you heard of like the pyramid, the energy pyramid thing? Mm -hmm. Pyramids do the like same thing. Orgone with pyramids. Yeah. And you could put a plant in a pyramid where it's just like the frame of a pyramid, like all the corners would be solid. And this apparently affects the environment enough to affect what's inside of it. So based on these principles, this all this energy stuff. So so if people out there want to maybe question what I was saying about the static electric field, listen okay. to this. Swarming honeybees can produce as much electricity as a thunderstorm. And the reason being is that honeybees move with electric fields. By wag waggling its body and strutting in its figure eight, it conveys the duration. By the way, the wings move in a figure eight for anybody that doesn't know. It conveys the duration and direction of the food source to its hive mates. Uh, uh, so it was first decided for the waggle dance back in 1923. Uh, when bees fly through the air outside the hive, they collide with charged particles from dust to small molecules. These impacts tear electrons away from the cuticle to their outer shell, and the bees end up with a positive charge. When they return to the hive or walk or dance about, they give off electric fields. So Fascinating. they're carrying honey. What's the honey carry? That ionized electric field. So you're talking That's about the- fascinating, it, it is fascinating. And so it's interesting, too, because I've always looked at flies and how flies um, patternize themselves is they patternize mm -hmm. themselves through the static electric field in the room. Same thing, huh? Wow. Yep. Dude, so something really blew my mind today. Maybe it's because I'm like a wannabe angler, if I could digress. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, it's still on topic, but not uh, precisely. We're just shooting the something shit. I this is fun. Dude. Go on. Blew my damn mind. Let me tell you something. Uh let me pull this up. So here's actually a video and we'll watch this in a second, a short, short clip on Twitter. Okay. But basically this guy, what's his name? Look, uh, Victor, uh, Victor Schaumburger. Yeah. Schaub Schaumburger. Schaumburger. Yep. Victor Schauberger wrote this in, about this in his book. And it's, he uh, had a friend and he took him to a stream where he knew that there was oftentimes trout in the water and they went and observed the trout in a powerful part of the river uh, or stream and he tells his friend like hey you see that fish right there how's it just like sitting there stationary in the water facing upstream right his friend's like well i don't know you know and he tells him and they just are he explains it but they're observing it and he gets a stick and he scares it and it just zips upstream super fast they're like well why does it do that you know, he asks his buddy why does it do that How, why does it go so quickly upstream and it's just you know it's and it just sits there stationary the and it's but how so what's actually happening is the sides of the fish are kind of like the wing of a plane mm -hmm. to where it creates kind of a lift where the water goes around the fish and it actually comes back around and pushes against the fish because it's going so quickly around that shape it's literally pulling the fish up the stream and when the fish flexes its gills it increases that force from the water going over its body and it propels it up the stream it literally gets pulled up the water and if you pull up that video it's kind of the same principle shown in that clip and it just blows my mind if you would please uh yeah let me i just it. sent it the last link in the chat 
it's fascinating. There's a little experiment that shows the Is same it kind the of Twitter principle. one. Yeah. And thanks all for all the donations, guys. Appreciate you tonight. Thank you so much. This is Schottenberger Van Og Vivera. Let's look at this. Is that a stick? Kind of. It's going upstream. This is a better example after this. I guess, how long is this video? Well, there's another example. But basically this stick that he's got, this object, is mimicking what happens with the fish. Similar, yeah. It's not the same design as a fish, obviously, but it's the same principles at work there. Which I had no idea. I thought the fish was, like, wagging its tail and swimming up. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. I'd like to get one of those because imagine if you could do that a thousand times a second in rotation. Yeah, dude. It's like, what's the potential of that concept? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's implosive energy, and that's a lot what both Tesla, yeah. Lied Scalin, and Victor Schomburger all studied was implosion energy. They said, yeah, they theorized that implosive energy, like that of a hurricane or a tornado or this kind of mm -hmm. force is it could be like i don't know if they said more powerful than nuclear or an explosive energy but basically it's it's as effective as any other energy you could ever imagine if not more so well so it, i think that it's so I, if you look at our galaxy which is a spiral galaxy it's implosive in nature so it's implosive true. energy so the universe that we exist in i believe is a feminine so you can take like the Vedic mythology and look at the breath of Brahma, right? And how each breath of Brahma has a polarization. So you're going to have a masculine polarization. You're going to have a feminine polarization. And I think that in this breath of Brahma, if you want to call it that, we have a feminine polarization, which is an implosive energy. But everything that we're doing is inverted. So everything that we do is masculine in its aspect. And I think that, that this is one of the, the symbols of the obelisk. This is what that symbol is actually representing is the inversion of the feminine which rules and dominates over this world. Because the obelisk is a phallic symbol. It's supposed to be a male-dominated symbol. But if you look at any phallic symbol throughout history, they're always rounded around the base, and then they're rounded or mushroomed at the top. Any obelisk that you see, ancient Egypt, Rome, so on and so forth, is squared all around and pointed at the top and this represents the obelisk or the phallic symbol created by isis the goddess isis a female created a phallic symbol so she feminized the masculine symbol or what we also know of as squaring the circle bringing it into harmony but this was inverted and so we have inverted masculine so inverted masculine or you can have inverted feminine however you want to look at it but it's basically the illusion is that we live in a feminine universe that is being dominated by a male power. Fascinating. And that's why all our technology works on explosive means. You have to produce an explosion and harness the energy from an interaction, a chemical re interaction or something of that nature in order to get the mechanical energy to move out of it. We don't have to have an explosive energy, though. That's but what there is that. That's what these other people were showing us. 
And okay. that's what's been suppressed for countless decades at least. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> it's fascinating. And I feel like, you know, they don't teach us this stuff uh, just in a standard education, and it's incredibly sad. Mm -hmm. These concepts aren't extremely complicated. Kids could be taught this stuff and be doing experiments, and life could be totally different. But um, another thing that I discovered in reading about Victor Schauberger mm -hmm. was energy and the same kind of concept when it comes to water. And he would... What did he say about water? Let me, I have it up here. He says that, um, well, first of all, he says this just in general. He said, they call me deranged. The hope is that they are right. It is of no greater or lesser import for another fool to wander the earth. But if I am right and science is wrong, then may the Lord God have mercy on mankind. And just about all his knowledge in general, he was thought that it would be the demise of us basically if we didn't understand these things and uh, he says about water when we use water we need to consider the way it exists in nature and consider those laws when collecting storing and using water in order to keep it alive mm -hmm. quote unquote and you know he's referred to water as being alive yeah he always referred to it as living water yeah like blood of the earth or something exactly that <clears throat> and he talks about keeping that water alive and storing it, which it seems like ancient civilizations knew this because they would store water in like terracotta pots types material or clay to where the water could breathe through the surface mm. and cool from the outside and egg shaped vessels because it's a naturally good shape for convection to occur without any dead spots happening in the water. And he said that this basically keeps the water clean as well to store it in a certain shaped vessel, even like a diamond shape, shape, shape like this is good egg shapes. And, uh, it's fascinating. He taught, he explains how to keep water, how to move water, all this kind of stuff in his literature, which I found a bunch of PDFs. It's fascinating and uh, inspiring. I want to build like a water tank designed on this theory. He talks about different sources of water too. Like obviously running water in a stream that's clean is a better source than rainwater because it doesn't have the nutrients. It doesn't have the minerals from the earth in it. Mm -hmm. So he talks about, you need to get, you need to get some, I forget what he called it, but basically you need to get dirt and throw it in there. Let it, let it, let it clean itself for a little bit and drink that. And he's like, make sure a professional does it obviously to make sure your water's clean and all that. But he's like, yeah, you need to add those minerals in. Yep. And, and there's various ways to do that. And running water, making a, a living. So there's actually, you can buy these out there. They're like living water cycles. And they're just various <laughs> different types of stones and rocks, like shugenite and stuff like that, yeah. that they'll create you a fountain over it. And the water will be pumped back up the fountain and come right back down, pump back up the fountain, right back down. And cool. it'll just roll right over the rocks. And then it goes yeah. through a filtering system and you drink it. Wow. Dude, he even talks about fluoride, fluoridated water, fluorinated, mm -hmm. fluorinated, and um, what else do they do to the water? Chlorinated. And um, chlorine, chlorine, CL chlorinated. negative. Yeah, chlorinated, CL negative, or FL uh, negative, fluorine. Yeah. Um, they're, they're both, um, what, what are they called? Free radicals. 
And so they tear your body up. Now, what's interesting is if you take water and you put it in, if you take tap water and put it in a cup and you test it for chlorine, it's going to be chlorine positive. Okay. Then what you do is this. Take your finger, put it in the chlorine or put it in the water, pull your finger out and then test it again. Guess what happens? It's basic. It's gone. It's, oh, the, the chlorine gets soaked up. It gets soaked oh, up God. where? Into your skin. Through your finger. And that's what we use. And you shower in that every day. Oh, my gosh. Day. Yeah, I'm sorry, Josh. I got to step away again. Okay. I'll be right back. Okay. But, yeah, so that's one of the things that a lot of these people have told us about water is that the water that you're getting through your tap, the water that you shower with, all this stuff, is not good water for you. And there's actually a lot of filters out there. There's a lot of things that you can do for your shower and for your sink. Imagine that you're washing your dishes with that. Not only that, think about the chemicals. Think about the, the, the hair soap that you're putting on your hair. Think about the dish detergent or the, uh, the cascade that you put in your dishwasher. We think that these things are cleaning our dishes. They're cleaning our skin and our body. But in actuality, look at all the chemicals that are inside this shit. Why don't we just go back to the raw organic parts of these products? You know, using beeswax, you know, honey, using honey, using um, cocoa powder, using coconut oil, using these different things to wash and clean yourself. I mean, did you know that during the pioneer days in the, the 17, 1800s, that the, the fat of animals was used to produce soap? Lard, right? I mean... This is what we need to get back to. We need to get back to the, the utilization of everything that we use and then the production of various different products from there. And cast iron is the only way to go. I agree with that. I agree with that. Interesting. Did you did you only study Victor Schaumburg or did you study anybody else? I got sucked into this guy, man. Yeah. I can't I couldn't stop. There's so much info. I have I have more. I could look real quick. If you want me to continue on here, there's so much stuff and it's really inspiring. And I think really, you said it just a second ago, we need to get back to this. Um, I love his his stance on things. He kind of had that mm-hmm. quote unquote hippie mindset of save the planet, save the forests, nature's the way kind of attitude. Right. And actually his story is kind of depressing. I was reading it and I guess um, he, he, and he, uh, became kind of an inventor of sorts (laughs) and he figured out a way how to move logs along a waterway Mm -hmm. and in doing so it resulted in a large deforestation campaign and he did not agree with that and he felt terrible about it um so he kind of lived his life of like trying to undo that or try to contribute to nature instead Mm -hmm. so that was kind of an ironic thing in his story there but um there's something here and with that uh i'm not sure i can't read through all this it's okay but i just thought that was fascinating that that happened to him um have you heard of like the uh It's a, it affects plants. Basically, it's like a you put a thing around a plant or like a what do you call it? I don't know. I have to pull this up. Um, well, I've seen people that they've used various different things that they they 
Um, you can make like an electrical circuit around a plant and it'll increase mm. its yields massively. Um, if you add yes. oxygen in there as well, which oxygen is O negative, right? Yes. So it's negatively charged that this will massively boost your, um, the, your yields of your crops. Yeah. I forget what they call them. I'll pull it up for Copper you. Copper grounding pyramid. I'll share it tonight. It's not that one. Well, you know, what I got in but, front of me is, uh, this is... Uh, energy invention suppression cases. This is uh, compiled by a guy by the name of Gary Vesperman. Uh, yeah. In the efforts to improve the well-being of their fellow men, inventors often suffer poverty, slander, and suppression. Inventors mm -hmm. of free energy in particular have been threatened by large energy corporations who are allied with the United States government to seek to enslave people in subtle ways. The tactics used against these energy inventors include legal imprisonment of false charges, harassment of the IRS, outright criminal death threats, beatings, bribery, burglary, vandalism, and arson. At least a few inventors have been murdered if they were not dissuaded by another means. Yes, and... dude. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I shared a PDF last week listing a bunch of inventors that had mysteriously died and who they were, what their inventions were. Mm -hmm. I'll have to find it. And then, I mean, this one you got Nikola Tesla, Robert Golka, Bruce De Palma, um, and his homopolar generator. You have uh, Ken Rasmussen, Bob Boyce, uh, Stanley Meyer, he produced a fuel, uh, water fuel cell powered car that was basically converting um, from electricity to direct hydrogen to fuel a car. Oh, shit. Um, Tom Bearden, a motionless electromagnetic generator. He never really got anywhere with that, but um, rest in peace, Tom. Um, Gary Vesperman, this is uh, the guy who wrote this one. Uh, mm -hmm. We have uh, T. Townsend Brown, we have John Bendini. Um, we nope. have uh, another guy out there by the name of John Serrell. He has an electromagnetic. Oh, he had a, he built an electromagnetic generator, um, and one of the first ones that he built in the 1980s. Um, so basically, it's it, it's actually pretty cool. I can kind of show video of it for people. And are um, most of these electromagnetic in nature or there's all different types of different technologies? Oh, a lot of these are electromagnetic in nature that these people are building. Because I think it tends that that's the one place that people tend to flow to. And, and uh, John Searle used the law of squares. I'm not playing the audio here. I'm just showing the video. They'll show mm -hmm. a picture of his motor generator here in a second. And you can kind of mm -hmm. get an idea of how it operates. And so those are all these custom built magnets and when you put them into each yeah. other these repel and mm -hmm. these repel so what happens is these two never touch each other mm -hmm. but there's a force that's produced that starts propelling them and they're mm -hmm. inside basically a um, an air resistant gapping between two mm -hmm. major magnets and so what happens here <clears throat> is these start whipping around at massive velocities and he claims that when he first started doing this, one of his first inventions um, of this, when he figured it all out, took off and just went straight up and never stopped. Straight through the ceiling, didn't it? Straight through the ceiling. And uh, <laughs> John Thomas Jr. right here, um, John Searle, I believe, has been dead for a while. And his patents sit with a corporation. He had raised substantial amounts of money over the years. Um, mm -hmm. But nothing's ever really came out of the technology. Um, and he claimed that it would produce massive amounts of electricity, but nothing ever really happened. I think that he was, if it worked, I think he was paid off enough money yeah. to just keep the patents out there. And that's kind of what the people who run his foundation 
are doing is they're just taking in money from the electric companies saying, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll hold on to it. Uh, we're not going to put it out there. Yeah, you know, I'm actually surprised we're allowed to have the amount of technology that we do have. Because if you look at motors, that we, like a DC motor, mm -hmm. it's using electromagnetic principles. Got copper wire in there and magnets. And then it just gets kicked off with a little bit of electricity to sustain it, I guess. But yeah, yeah it essentially is a rudimentary version of a good electromagnetic. Okay. It seems to be reconnecting on most of the channels. All right, there we go. Looks like we're reconnecting on most of the channels. Sorry about that, guys. Um, so, Mick and V. Lynn been having problems with the new OBS. I've been having problems with the old. You know what? Well, let's just move this. Let's figure out StreamYard and just move the StreamYard. Fuck this. You still have to use OBS. That's the problem. And no, I you don't. Not StreamYard. It. It's a browser. It's browser configured. Then why does Mick and Velen use OBS? You can use because they OBS use StreamYard. Too. Yeah, you, because you get because all the lower thirds and stuff like that you get to add in there. Okay. With StreamYard and, and Restream, it's really limited, but yeah. you could easily come back to it. But hey, guys, this Never is what's going to happen. Uh, we're coming to the end of the uh, the hour here. We've been on for an hour and a half. Uh, it was kind of an interesting discussion. We didn't really get too much into the energy technologies, but what I want to do is I want to open that discussion up for everybody out there. And so what I want to yeah. do is we're going to go to Fringe After Dark in 30 minutes from now. Fringe After Dark okay. is going to be free tonight. You can go to socialredpill.com, socialredpill.com. Um, you can go to redpills.tv, and right there you'll see the Red Pill logo link. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me pull this up real quick. Because we did launch our new website today for those yeah. who were uh, for those who are running redpills.tv. And so you can go to redpills.tv, you can see our new website, and what it'll do is it'll show you how to get into where you're going. So you go to redpills.tv, this is what you're going to see now. And if you go down here, you'll see this microphone with RP right there. If you just click on that, that's going to take you to Social Red Pill. And so really easy to get connected. But this is our new website. It is up and out there. If you wanted to support us, we have a Cash App, we have Give, Send, Go. I made the logo myself. And then we also have Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and ways to do that. And then all of our shows are linked up right there. And then our sponsors and affiliates, Honey Colony. We were talking about bees tonight. Miriam, I guarantee she's listening. Right there all linked up. Then Kirk Elliott, My Patriot Supply, My Pillow, and Dr. Sherwood. And then there's just, uh, there's not much, th this is way less complicated than it was before. So I wanted to show everybody that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was an interesting conversation with Vinci tonight. We're going to continue this conversation. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to crack open some freaking beers and we're going to cool. go to fringe after dark. So love it, dude. Thank what you for having do, me. I appreciate it. Oh yeah. Vince, you're always, I love it having you on fringe. So what we're going to do is 30 minutes from now, we're going to move the fringe after dark. If you're like, where, where is it? If you go to the events tab on social red pill, social red pill events tab, there's social red pill zoom. That's where Fringe After Dark is going to be. It's not. It's not streamed anymore on YouTube or on um, on anything. We're suspended on YouTube. We're about to get deleted. That's our second suspension. Yeah. So we're about to get deleted off of YouTube. Five thousand subscribers is usually when they cut us off anyway. Um, but if you want to, all the Facebook people out there, RedPills.tv. Then go socialredpill.com. Check that out. Well, hopefully, we will see you there. 
Um, and yeah, we can go talk about, I'm going to talk about some, uh, Wilhelm Reich, Orgone, biophotons. We're going to talk about health and healing. We're going to talk about, yeah. um, free energy ideas. Cause I got quite a few of them. So we're going to do that on fringe after dark. So we'll see you guys all Thank there. You. Much love, respect. God bless you guys. Take care. And we'll see you guys next time. And I don't have an outro for fringe. So we'll just use the, the daily dose outro. Either we will get the full cooperation of other governments to stop this menace, or we will expose every bribe, every kickback, every payoff, and every bit of corruption that is allowing the cartels to preserve their brutal reign. And it is indeed brutal. And uh, they call me Eye Patch McCain. <laughs> I, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. Frankly, uh, if you look at the media, where the media is a closed media, we don't have an open free media anymore. They don't want to hear anything. They don't write about it. It's a, it's collusive. It's uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it. It all happened during this period of time. It happened just before the election. They wouldn't talk about certain subjects that you know better than anybody, Michael. And uh, you know that's the beginning of communism.